Welcome to Mars Messina Presents. I am Mars and today is Saturday, February 24th, 2024. We have reached episode 140 and we will address the cognitive distortion that is known as catastrophizing and we will talk about how to manage it, specifically with EFT tapping. We will also do an EFT tapping, um, uh, <laughs> um, we will do an experiment before the end of today's show. Do you often imagine the worst possible outcome for future events? Like I do. Has anyone ever told you that you can't see the forest through the trees? Do you often feel, um, or do you often ignore possible good outcomes and instead form of anxiety? For some, it can be debilitating and all-encompassing. It can affect your ability to enjoy life, to make decisions, or to take action. While it seems uncurable to the sufferer, there are helpful resources, there are strategies and tools available to help manage these worries. So let's explore catastrophizing and some self-help tips. <clears throat> now this disorder, if you will, um, involves irrational thoughts where we believe something is far worse than it actually is. These thoughts could be connected to either present or future events. It coincides with rumination where nonstop awful thoughts play over and over and over again in your mind. Here's an example. Catastrophizing can take a small event say a disagreement with your partner and that creates negative thoughts such as well she just trashed my day or he doesn't love me anymore while there is no proof that this event will affect your day or the health of your partnership your perception can turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy your day really can be ruined by your ruminations and your constant sour mood could affect the health of your relationship over time because people just want you to stop that. And it's what they don't understand is you just can't stop. If you could, you would. So you are suffering some sort of anxiety and that's what needs to be addressed. So as a result, you're Cognitive distortion can actually be life-altering. So how do we cope with that? First, and this is the, the, the main thing, a lot of people don't even realize they're catastrophizing. They automatically jump from problem to disaster, and they may even think they're having a premonition or they, they're Feelings are so strong that they must be right. So try to pay attention to what you're thinking. Stop and ask yourself if this perceived disaster is actually a probable outcome. 
Second, keep a notebook or a worry list. Objectively write down every negative thought that you have and your corresponding reaction to it. Over time, you might see a pattern of when you are likely to catastrophize, making it easier to develop solutions in those types of um, events. Third, part of catastrophizing is the belief that you are unable to deal with problems and negative situations. With your worry list, brainstorm other possible outcomes. Make a list of all the solutions you can imagine. Focus on what you can change rather than what is beyond your control. And fourth, now that you've evaluate, evaluated your options, make an action plan. Now this part is uncomfortable. You know, we come up with these great ideas and then the follow through is what's hard. And, and in this matter, it's pretty uncomfortable, but you'll feel better when you have a plan and you start addressing your concerns. Instead of viewing your thoughts as facts, treat them as theories and you're testing them out. As you examine and you, and you challenge your worries, you can develop a more balanced perspective. Try asking yourself, what's the evidence that my thought is true? What's the evidence that it's not true? Is there a more positive, realistic way of looking at this situation. What's the probability that what I'm scared of will actually happen? If the probability is low, what are some more likely outcomes? Is the thought even helpful? How will worrying about it help me? And how will it hurt me? And what would I say to a friend who had this worry? And let's talk about worrying for a second. Worrying rarely leads to a solution. In fact, it can really hurt. Regardless of how long you dwell on worst case scenarios, you are no more prepared if they actually happen. Problem solving involves evaluating a worrying situation, identifying steps to deal with it, and then putting the plan into action. If a worry pops into your head, start by asking yourself whether the problem is something you can actually solve. The following questions, um, if you ask these of yourself, these can help. So is the problem something you're currently facing um, or is it an, an imaginary what if? That is huge. Are you currently facing this issue or is this a very strong what if in your head? If the problem is an imaginary what if, how likely is it to happen? Is your concern realistic? And can you do something about the problem or prepare for it? Or is it out of your control? The inability to tolerate uncertainty is a significant contributor to anxiety. Worrying is an attempt to predict the future 
to prevent unpleasant surprises and to control outcomes. The problem with this is worrying does not work. It only hurts. While you may feel safer worrying about all the things that could go wrong, it is an illusion and does not make life more predictable. Focusing on worst case scenarios won't stop bad things from happening. It will only stop you from enjoying good things in the present. So I think we know this, but it's really hard to stop this. It's, it's like a, an addiction or a habit. There's something chemical going on in the brain. I mean, we talk about the, posit the positive side um, of neurotransmitters, but sometimes it can be bad too. And constant worrying is one of those um, examples of that. So if we wanna start worrying, we need to start by tackling the need for certainty and for immediate answers because life is full of uncertainty and it's full of um, questions that will not be answered right away, if ever. Okay, now, <clears throat> let's say you're having a catastrophizing episode like right now. What can you do right now to alleviate that stress? The first thing that you need to do is to be mindful. Mindfulness is the act of grounding yourself in the present moment or gently guiding your wandering mind back to the present. So you might want to try repeating a mantra like, it's not happening now, for the moment I am safe. Or Whatever happens, I can cope because I have coped before. So mindfulness with a mantra. Another thing you can do is talk to an understanding, non-judgmental friend. Organizing your thoughts into words and sentences can clarify a problem. Another person can provide support and offer a point of view um, that you may not have ever considered. I need my water break now. If you can't do that, try um, seeking some sort of counseling. It can be talk therapy, it can be art therapy, um, or CBT. These are forms of counseling. A counselor may introduce acceptance-based approaches, which can teach you to recognize your feelings and thoughts without judgment and without becoming attached to them. Cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, is an option which focuses on challenging the validity of negative thoughts and to rephrase thoughts in a more positive way, which will make it easier to cope. And yet another coping mechanism, and I brought it up at the, at the beginning of the show, is EFT. So I will explain what EFT is, and then we're going to try it together. Okay? You don't need any special equipment. You just need your hands. Emotional Freedom Technique, or EFT, 
is a method one can use to help manage emotions and troubling thoughts. They may also use it, or you may also use it, to lower, um, lower levels of stress and anxiety. For example, EFT may help calm you if you're feeling enraged or if you're feeling deeply worried. EFT is also called tapping. This is because to do EFT, you tap your fingertips on certain meridian points on your hand, your head, and your torso. The points you tap on um, for EFT are also among those used in acupuncture. Experts do not agree on how well EFT works and they say it shouldn't be replaced um, with going to see a health professional for serious issues like depression or trauma, but many people do report that it helps tremendously. Um, and certainly the people I know who do it, they all said it actually really works. So before we go and we do our tapping, let's talk about the five steps that are seen in a tapping session. So um, think about this now and then if, you, if this feels like it resonates with you and you want to do it more, just replay this episode, revisit it later. Okay, here we go. Number one, start by identifying the bothersome emotion you are experiencing. And I'll give you a second to do that. Next, identify the characteristics of the emotion, including where you feel it in your body. Identify its shape. Give it a color. How much water can it contain? Just go along with this. Envision this emotion with a shape, with a color, and how much water it can contain. <clears throat> Next, rate the intensity of the emotion and its characteristics on a scale from one to 10, with one being that you are barely experiencing anything, and 10 being that the emotion is as intense as it possibly could be. Now, we're going to do our round of tapping, starting with the side of the hand, right below your pinky finger. If you're right-handed, start tapping on your left hand or vice versa with your fingertips of the opposite hand. And you can just tap silently if you want to, or you can say something like, even though I feel anxious about work tomorrow, I deeply and completely accept myself. And say this statement three times while you tap the edge of your hand. And again, you don't even have to say anything, you can just tap.
Okay. Now, reassess how you're feeling. Take notice if this energy has moved or changed and use the scale to rate the emotion again. So did the shape change? Did the color change? How much water it can contain, did that change? If it was 10 before, is it now eight or nine? Once one round of tapping is done, you can repeat this as many times as you like. The goal of tapping is not to get your rating to zero, but to get it down to a manageable place, which can be a three or a four, depending on where you started. Something to be aware of is that the intensity of the emotion can even get worse before it gets better. In that case, continue paying attention to your feelings and repeating the script until the feeling becomes more manageable. Okay, now we're going to go through the nine points on your body that you tap during an EFT session. Okay, so let's go back to the sides of our hands. We'll do it on the left side and the right side on both sides, okay? And I'll give you a couple of seconds to do each. Okay, I'm going to move on, but you can always come back to this and pause it. Now we're going to tap the inner eyebrows, which is where the hair of the eyebrow begins. Okay, just over the bridge of the nose, just tap those two points. Um, I was covering my mouth when I said that. Tap the two points on your inner eyebrows right above the bridge of your nose. Okay, now tap the side of your eyes, the outer edge of the eyes, okay? Again, these are all acupuncture points. All right, now let's tap the area under the nose where the mustache would go if you had one. Or if you have one where your mustache is. Okay, I skipped an area, no big deal. We'll just go back up to, up to it. Um, 
the areas underneath each eye. We tapped on the side of the eyes, now we're going to tap underneath each eye. Okay, now let's tap the area between the bottom lip and the chin, that little kind of dimple or divot there. Just tap right in there. Okay, now go roughly um, an inch or so below each collarbone and tap underneath the collarbones. Okay, now on the side of your body at the top of your rib cage, or the bottom of your rib cage actually, so like where your floating rib is, just kind of tap there. Right where your ribs end and your waist begins, just tap on each side there with your fingertips. Okay, and last but not least, the top of your head. Okay, so that completes this session. Now, I kind of rushed you through it because, you know, I got to get through the episode, you know, but spend time on these points. So once again, <clears throat> the nine points of the, of the body that you're going to tap during the EFT session with your fingertips are the sides of your hands, the inner eyebrows, the sides of the eyes, just underneath each eye, the area under your nose, the area between your bottom lip and chin, um, below each of the collarbones, the sides of your body at the bottom of the rib cage, and the top of your head. And usually you tap these points in this order. And you can tap the points with both hands on both sides of the body, or you could just use one hand on, um, on either side of your body, okay? Um, according to the experts, the energetic meridians work as mirrors, so the effectiveness 
<laughs> is the same with either option. So if you do something nice to the left side of your body, the right side is going to accept it too, um, is maybe another way of putting it. Um, acupuncture points are located all throughout your body. These points are located along energetic pathways called meridians. Sometimes a tapping session involves saying a specific sentence or a phrase as you tap each of the nine areas of the body. And these are phrases that you make up. Most phrases contain an acknowledgement of the challenging feeling you are experiencing, followed by a note of self-acceptance that is said while you tap. Each person's statement will be a little bit different based on what they are experiencing and their own needs and their own approach. And then again, like I said, nothing even needs to be said. Most people begin to see the effects of tapping with, within just a few tapping session rounds. And this is according to counselors that work with EFT. So this could mean that you may begin to feel some relief in just a few minutes. Changes in your energy, emotions, thoughts can happen after just one round or three minutes of tapping. Sometimes it might take longer, but it's pretty amazing how well it can work and how well it can work quickly. Just be aware that even if immediate relief comes quickly, sometimes trying to transform some of the more deeply embedded emotions, you know, I think this is obvious, they take longer. EFT tapping is not only used to regulate the nervous system and transform emotions in the moment, but it can also be used to get to the root of that emotion, which typically leads back to the trauma from the past. Depending on the severity of the trauma, how old it is and how deeply rooted it is in our subconscious, it may be necessary to spend several sessions tapping with a practitioner. And finally, when it comes to catastrophizing, which was how we started the show out, and if you are worried about the effect that it is having on your life, remember that there are an array of strategies, self-care tools, and online resources that are available to you. Breaking catastrophic tendencies can be uncomfortable and it does require commitment, but it is worth trying. So we need to remember that while life is uncertain, what is certain is that tackling catastrophizing can help us experience less anxiety and to be able to get more out of life. After all, life is to be lived, no matter where you are in the, um, in the time span of it. It is now time for Bedtime Stories from the Acoustic Bookshelf. And I will read a quote from A Week on the Concord and Merrimack Rivers, Rivers by Henry David Thoreau. If a person lost would conclude that after all, he is not lost, he is not beside himself, but standing in his own 
own old shoes on the very spot where he is and that for the time being he will live there. But the places that have known him, they are lost. How much anxiety and danger would vanish. Until next week, Arrivederci.